sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Warning. The following program contains shocking content that may give you a better or worse than pessimistic hope on anything you like. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. If you absolutely, for whatever reason, felt compelled that you had to trade Watson, give me the ridiculous offer you'd be asking for, just so I can go back to the owner and say, see, they're asking for this, and we're not going to trade that. I would do that with the Texans and see what they're saying. It's Opposite Picks with Scott Wetzel. Welcome to Opposite Picks on Sports Grid Radio right here on Sirius XM Channel 204 and your local radio affiliate all around the nation on this Monday, February 1st. How about that? We made it through another month. I'm Scott Wetzel sitting in for the next two glorious hours, taking your phone calls at 844-843-6879. Again, that's toll-free, 844-843-6879. You want to follow me on Twitter, send a tweet. It is at Opposite Picks. That's O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E. Picks, P-I-C-K-S. Email me. Go to the website, OppositePicks.com. Hit the contact, Scott icon, and fire away. Emails, tweets, phone calls, a little YouTube chat as well. Right here again on an Opposite Picks Monday, February 1st. With yours truly, Scott Wetzel. Well, what are we going to talk about today, LL loyal listeners, you ask? Well, first Stafford is Watson next. Uh, baseball drops the ball again. They call it the streak. Talk about burying the lead. A six-pack worth of dishes. Texans need to make the move now. Jeff Fisher could be making the move to where? And, of course, opposite pick returns on this Monday. We'll get to all those stories again, plus your phone calls, emails, and tweets as we sit in trying to survive the winter storm here on the East Coast, which actually where I am anyway, it's not that bad so far. And We, we got, you know, preparations for a foot, and we got the uh, – you know, maybe two, maybe, maybe three inches last night. Still coming down a little bit. They're saying that maybe we're going to have some snow uh, throughout the day today, which is kind of weird. I don't know why this is. There must be some kind of barometric system out there that whatever just comes alive at night. But why is it always seeming like you have all the snowstorms at night? You're never in the middle of the afternoon and it snows like a blizzard snow. Maybe you get some flurries or whatever. But, you know, all the big blizzards, for whatever reason, seem to be at night. You wake up and then all of a sudden you have a foot of snow. So you make all these preparations. You know, the supermarkets, oh, my goodness. You, you would have thought, you know, I, I live in a community in which it's a bunch of old fogies and they think the world is coming to an end whenever. You know, whether it's rain or snow. You know, the forecast be for, it could be for an inch, and people are lined up in the supermarkets, uh, you know, gobbling up all the food and the water and the bread and the toilet paper like they're going to be in a blizzard and locked in their home for the next three months. I mean, it really, it really is pathetic. I mean, of course, I did go to three different supermarkets this weekend, you know, collecting things myself, but uh, I wasn't, like, hoarding. I just happened to go to three different supermarkets for different things. One ran out of something, and this, that, whatever. But you see the the lines of people. I, you know, I, I just want to say, are you people nuts? The world's not coming to an end. You know, may, maybe we do get a foot of snow. All right. 
you know, with the plows being out there a day later, you know, if we get a foot of snow on Monday, we'll be back on the roads Tuesday, maybe Wednesday. All right. How much water, how much toilet paper, how much soup are you going to be eating and using in the next 48 hours? I mean, just the, the hordes of food in the carts that these people have, they probably will never, ever, ever use. Right. Just grab anything, kids. Anything we can throw in a pot and we can heat over the stove, uh, you know, because if you have gas stove, you have uh, no electricity, but you would have the gas stove. I mean, it's just so in the end, or at least at this point anyway, the electricity is on, knock on wood. Maybe we shouldn't tip fate uh, with that because my generator is not installed yet. You know, during my podcast, we have a bunch of pools, and one of them is when will my generator get installed? It's been three months now. You know, they told me it would be three months. Roughly three, four months, which I, I still I, I don't understand. You know, if that's your business to create generators, I, I don't know why it takes four months for a generator to get shipped up from Louisiana. I think where they're going to make them uh, and to my house here on Long Island. I, I don't get that, but it is what it is. So, so far, it's not installed. So I'm crossing my fingers. I get this sucker installed before we lose power on one of these winter storms. So, so far, so good as far as uh, the power is there. But if all of a sudden I go uh, dark and you don't hear me or you don't see me on YouTube, it's because the power went out. So, uh, but it is amazing. That's for sure. How people just go, they, and this is bad news cells. That's as simple as that. Bad news cells. That's why, you know, you have the weathermen that predict, you know, three, four feet when we're going to get three, four inches. It's just people love, people spend. It's good for the economy. It really is. Snowstorms, you know, rain, shower storms, thunderstorms, blizzards, hurry. It's all, it sounds crazy because it's not good, but it is good for the economy. It really is. People spend their money. It's remarkable. All right, Scott Wetzel sitting and taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time, as we always do, right here Monday through Friday, as uh, we talk the world of sports. A busy, busy weekend, a lot to get to. We talked some of the stuff yesterday during my Sunday morning show uh, from 8 to 10 a.m., but obviously we'll recap uh, the weekend be trading the NFL as uh, Mr. Stafford goes from Detroit to the L.A. Rams from the pot to the frying pan, as far as I'm concerned. I still don't. You know, 48, 24 hours later, whatever it is, I still don't get that trade from the Rams standpoint. I really don't. Man, you gave up a boatload. We'll get into that. Deshaun Watson, is he going to be next? You know, when is that the pendulum going to swing for Houston's favor? Are they going to get blown over by an offer that they can't refuse that eventually it's going to make them say, all right, enough is enough? Really is the battle of wills on whoever wants to win out on that. So we got some NBA, crazy NBA games yesterday, college basketball, some hockey stuff, and uh, the uh, so-called insiders all kind of debating on a couple of issues, which shows how phony they all are. All that's coming up on an opposite fix Monday morning with yours truly, Scott Wetzel, right here, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern Time. Serious XM SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Five-point game, 12.3. They got to go quick. Beal will pull up for three. He hits it. 35 for Beal, two-point game. Matthews with a steal. Here's Westbrook for three. He hits it. Where's your jump by one? 
Here's Brad right here with the pull-up. Great shot. And, and this was I like right here. Look at Garrison here. Get Garrison Matthews. Get that to Russell Westbrook for the three. I mean. On the inbounds. 2.9. Irving can't move. That should have been a travel. He missed oh, he the missed it. anyway. <laughs> There's a foul. Hang on. There is a foul. And my dear, we're still goodbye. But as long as you love me so. Let it snow, let it snow and snow. Yeah, let it snow indeed right here uh, on the East Coast uh, getting bombarded. Although, so far on Long Island, not too, too bad. Nets last night, they blow it as they lose in Washington to the Wizards. The stinking Wizards. The Nets blow a double-digit lead and lose to Washington 149-146. No James Harden. God forbid the big three should actually play. It's amazing how rare that has occurred since they acquired James Harden a couple of weeks ago. You know, the Wizards or the Nets have a worse record than Houston. With Since the trade, the Nets have a worse record than the Rockets. You know, so supposedly the Nets won that trade ultimately. Um, so, you know what? That is crazy. That that really is remarkable. So, uh, but it is what it is. Nets blow a double-digit lead, 149-146. Uh, Kevin Durant goes for 37. Russell Westbrook, 41. Uh, Bradley Beal, who didn't exactly seem too interested. Um you know, I have to tell you, there's a pretty good a couple of clips that someone put together showing him really not caring at all. Up and down the court they go, um, you know, and he's just kind of standing on the side all by himself. There was a timeout where he, he wouldn't get into the huddle. He's shown his disappointment. He's been vocal about it. He's, uh, you know, basically soaked about how bad the Wizards are. I don't really know why they're as bad as they are, though. You. you know, when you got Beal and Westbrook, you know, Hockenbohr is not too, too bad. I mean, you know, they got a couple of players there that you wouldn't think they'd have the worst record in the NBA. Let's put it that way. Maybe they're not a superstar team. Maybe they're not even a playoff team. But, geez, you'd think with Westbrook and, and Beal that they would be better than 4-12. and 12. I mean, you know, but last night they came to play 149-146 in regulation. Highest scoring regulation game supposedly in 25 years, 149 to 140. That that is just pathetic. I, I don't know who the Nets think they're beating when it comes playoff time with those kind of <clears throat> numbers. They gave up 28 in the first quarter, 37 in the second quarter, 36 in the third quarter, 48 points, 48. In the fourth quarter, I mean, teams don't score that in a half. And they're giving up damn near 50 points in the fourth quarter. Not the first, where now you poo-poo things, this, that, whatever. Game's on the line, and you're giving up damn near 50 points. And you blow a double-digit lead. Wow, that's embarrassing. That with, with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving on your team. And again, Harden, but he didn't play last night. Two of the best players supposedly in the game, and, and they are. You know, two of the best players in the game. And, and th th again, I I've said this a thousand times. This is why you can't take LeBron James' numbers seriously. You just can't. I'm sorry. And, and some of these other guys. I won't pin it all on LeBron. There's just no defense. Just no defense being played. Just zero defense being played in the NBA. So when you hear, you hear guys get triple doubles and, you know, averaging 20 points a game, and it, it, it doesn't matter. When you start comparing guys to the 70s, 80s, 90s, 
you know, even early 2000s, it's just a complete different game now. I, I mean, you and I could score double digits in an NBA game. Put that 149 to 140. Could you imagine scoring 150? If I told you before the game the Nets would score 146 points in regulation and uh, you could have an even bet on who's going to win the game, the Nets or the opposition, you know, how many guys would say, well, I, I think the Nets are going to give up 150 tonight. So I, I, I'll i take the opposition. I mean, you, you'd be crazy to, right? But you know what, though? In today's day and age, well, you know, you, you never, maybe you would get a couple of guys that say, I'd take my chances. Nuts. So Westbrook goes for 41. Beal goes, despite seemingly being uninterested, goes for 37. You know, uh, Lopez went for 10. Uh, so it, really, that was it. It was a two man show, 88 or 78 points. Uh, goes to two guys, and the Nets uh, blow a lead in which they got to win. You know, 13-9 overall for this Nets team. And since the trade, you know, and I know there's only been a handful of games that they've actually all three have played, but they are 4-3. and 4-3 and three since the trade of Harden. Again, ultimately, they'll probably turn it on. Ultimately, they, gotta, they probably got the better end of the deal as far as on the court this year. But while they're 4-3, and three, since the big trade, you know, the Rockets have played their best basketball, you know, that they've won five in a row. So they're, they're on fire and they got OKC later on tonight. Very weird. Just absolutely weird. That's a horrible loss for the Nets. Just horrible. And again, I, I don't know what Steve Nash is doing. I don't that's the philosophy. Mike D'Antoni's there now. But, man, that is just brutal. Just brutal. Uh, Clippers beat the Knicks yesterday afternoon, 129-115. Kawhi Leonard goes for 28. Uh, typical Knicks, uh, they're 9-12. Nothing special with that one. Denver snapped the Utah Jazz's 11-game win streak, 128-117. It is amazing. I mentioned this on In-Game Live yesterday. It's amazing um, how many times winning, losing, over, under streaks get snapped on weekends. It really is remarkable. It really, it, it's just, I don't know what it is. You know, I, I've theorized that, you know, the weekends, there's generally bigger crowds on weekends. Teams get all pumped up. Uh, but there are no crowds this this year, obviously. So you can't use that as, as a reason why. But it is amazing. I'm telling you, I don't have any records. But you give me a streak on the weekend, and I guarantee you, you know, and I'm talking about a good, like, 10-11 game win streak like Utah was on and against the spread win streak. That team will will lose or win whatever the streak may end up being uh, way more times than not. That streak will get stopped way more. I don't know. What, again, it's remarkable. So Denver blows out Utah 128-117, stopping the Jazz 11-game win streak. And not only 11-game win streak, 11-game uh, against the spread streak. And that's what's even maybe more amazing. They have covered 11 in a row. And a lot of those were as favorites, too. So that goes out the window. 76ers beat the, the Pacers 119 to 110. Uh, first win for the 76ers without Embiid. How about Ben Simmons? Wow, 21 points on 9 of 12 shooting. Of course, he didn't take a three, but he actually, you know, they actually won. And Simmons actually came to play and actually shot the basketball. Holy crow. Amazing. Uh, teacups beat the Cavaliers last night, 109-104, ruining a, uh, a parlay that I had. Uh, rats on that. And Toronto knocked off the uh, the Magic 115-102. to uh, Nothing special about that game. Although I will say, you know, a good little rivalry is developed. You wouldn't know it because it's Orlando and Toronto. You know, it, it would take some doing for this to get on the public screen. But Aaron, uh, Aaron Gordon of Orlando and Kyle Lowry of Toronto, boy, they just do not like each other. Just don't like each other. Uh, they traded a bunch of cheap shots yesterday. Uh, they've had some feuds going from last year in the postseason. Uh, Gordon received a flagrant one in the second quarter. Uh, not, you know, he ends up leaving. Gordon does with with a hamstring or a leg injury. 
So Raptors win at 115-102. Again, you wouldn't go out of your way to watch a Toronto-Orlando game, but it's actually one of the few, like, real rivalries the NBA uh, actually has. Hockey yesterday, uh, Edmonton beat Ottawa 8-5. How many times are we going to lead off with that, right? Uh, not very often, but uh, Dreisaitl, Leon Dreisaitl got six assists. First time since the 80s with Eric Lindros as the player gotten six assists. Uh, in, in a hockey game. So that that's the big news. Uh, you know, Rangers cut a player, but who cares? He got to a fight with the goaltender. Probably not a smart move, but still, uh, who who cares? Flyers beat the Islanders 4-3. Um, St. Louis knocked off Anaheim. So good little start to the NHL season. It looks like they're going to survive this thing. It really does. They're, they're actually, you know, uh, playing in these divisions. I know it's a little goofy, but, you know, credit the NHL. I'll tell you, the NHL the last couple of years has actually done a halfway decent job. I never thought I would say that about Gary Bettman, but they've actually done a pretty decent job keeping things even keeled. They really have. All right, coming up 22 minutes past the hour. We'll get into the NFL stuff next right here off the fix of the Monday SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. February 1st, to survive the blizzard here on the uh, East Coast. You know, I'm not going to even bore you with the Scott Wetzel City again, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. I, I'm not even going to bore you with the MLB stuff. It, it really is just, uh, you know, because uh, the idiocy of it all is, is just dumbfounding, if that makes any sense whatsoever. You know, NHL has gotten along, and, and they got the worst commissioner in the history of sports. The NBA has gotten along, and, and they have the greediest players in the history of sports. Uh, the NFL has gotten along, and they have the most one-sided contract in the history of sports with the owners. Somehow or another, though, MLB can F it all up. Some I, I don't understand it at all. I, I really it, – it is uh, – you know, there's certain topics that just – the minutia of it all bores you. And, and maybe unfairly, I will admit that, maybe unfairly, but the players get the raps in the MLB more than any other sport. NHL and the owners have fights. It's a pretty even split. Uh, NBA and the owners have fights, and they really don't. They, they've had the, the calmest of them all, but, you know, it's a pretty even split. NFL, I think more people side with the players just because of the rules and the non-guaranteed contracts, and we all kind of know the players have it the worst. Uh, so they, they, they tend to get the sympathy versus the owners. MLB, though, and again, maybe unfairly, but MLB – it's the players that get the rap. Whenever there's a dispute, whenever there's an issue, whenever there's a problem, I know I do, and I, I get the sense most of America automatically just says, all right, the players are wrong. And and you know what? But that's how I feel. I, I just do. I, I mean, it's it's crazy. 
to think that they're demanding and, and for a full 162-game salary when they're only supposed to play 154. Uh, they're demanding a 162-game salary, even though there are no fans in the stands. They don't want to take any pay cuts. They don't want to acknowledge that the players aren't making as much money as they would if 35,000 people were in the stands every single night. I fully realize they make it a good portion of their money on TV, especially with the postseason. I get that. But you can't ignore that there are nobody, you know, there's no fans in the stands. I mean, I, but that's the Players Association. So whenever something else comes up, it's like, well, if you're not willing to, uh, you know, uh, ignore, if you're not willing to admit to the obvious, you know, that the owners aren't making as much money, then, then how how do you expect the public to be on your side about some of these other issues? So they're fighting again, to make a long story short. They're fighting again. NBA got underway. NFL got underway. Hell, college football got underway. We even got a college football season got, getting underway, right? When that didn't look like that was going to happen. And I'm sure ultimately <clears throat> we'll have a baseball season, but they only got 60 games in last year because these two sides couldn't get together. And uh, the the owners want to push off the start of the season to make a long story short, just for another month or so, just to be able to get the vaccinations out there and, and maybe be able to get people to go to these games. If they start up where they normally do at the end of March, early April, you know, they may go a month without allowing people in the stands. And if they're thinking if they can push that off a month, you know, maybe reduce the season to 154, extend it out into November, you know, cross your fingers. You're not playing World Series games in New York or Chicago when it could be freezing. Uh, you know, everyone can make as much money as, as possible. But the, the players say no, they're not for that. Uh, the owners offered up expanded postseason. Players said no. Uh, the owners offered up DH in the National League. Players said no. I mean, why? Because the owners want it. Not because they're against it. Not because they have something about being historic and they like to stay to the old rules. No, the owners want it, then then we don't want you then. That is as simple as that. If you didn't want the DH, then the players would be fighting for the DH. If you didn't want expanded playoffs, then the players would be fighting for expanded playoffs. It's just, man, <clears throat> it, it's, it's just amazing that how these two sides can't get together. I mean, to think that you could play 162 games traveling all over the country when we're still in the virus situation, it, it's its idiotic. Now, I wasn't a big fan of 60 games, but I'll take it. You know, realistically, I think 100 is enough. I, I really don't think 60 is that much, but that's why they had the expanded playoffs. So it is what it is. They had to get it in, and they got it in. Kudos to them. So, but now you start from scratch. Now you got a better feel for what's going on. And I, I don't know if you could really, you know, go all over around the country, 162 games or 154 games. I mean, that's tough. You know, we're seeing in the NHL, they, these seasons, these teams have literally three, in the case of some, even four-game series. They, you know, Devils and Rangers play a four-game series uh, in a couple of months. So, you know, I don't know how baseball can – could they do seven? I mean, they already played three, four-game series, but could they do seven-game series? Could they really limit the amount of travel? I don't know if you necessarily want to do that, but to get 154 games, it really seems impossible to me. But it doesn't even matter because the players don't even want, you know, they don't even want to accept that. I mean, it's just so all I look at it is, is the two sides aren't in agreement. <clears throat> and for that, I blame the players. I do. And if, if I was an owner and we've already had the NHL come out and say they're going to lose billions with a big dollars, and I don't doubt it with no fans in the stands. I, I really don't. You know, they make some decent money with their contracts, TV-wise, I'm, I'm sure. But, again, you can't ignore the fact that 15,000, 20,000 people aren't going to these games as they normally would. Um, so if the M if, if the NHL 
is losing billions of dollars for a 41 home game schedule? What do you think MLB teams are losing for an 81 home game schedule? You know, I mean, it doesn't take a genius to figure out if the NHL is missing out on billions, then so are MLB teams, right? Multi-billions, probably. So if I was an owner, I wouldn't play. I really wouldn't. Uh, I'd be one of those guys, whether I was the owner of the Pittsburgh Pirates or the owner of the Boston Red Sox, I would be against playing. I I would say, nope, not doing it. I'm I'm not losing. Let's just say as a league, they lose billions, but each team is going to lose 15, 20, 25 million. And I get it. These guys are gazillionaires. They, They could probably afford it. But. I'm not doing it. Uh, you're asking me to lose, you know, $25, $35 million a year, and, and the players aren't giving up squat, and, and the players are bitching and moaning about wanting a full salary for 162 games when realistically we could only play maybe 150, and, and they're not willing to go an extra round in the postseason so we can make up some money? Nah, I, I'm too stubborn for that stuff. I, I, I just say, nope, you know what? Thanks, but no thanks. Uh, we'll, we'll write this season off and just, you know what? We'll start new. We'll start next year when uh, we don't have to worry about it. And we'll fight in court if you want over contracts and everything else. But I, I would not give in. I really, I would never in a million years sign up to lose that kind of money. You know, you want to lose a million or two, a couple million, all right, no big deal for the uh, sake of the game. Get something out there for fans to want to be able to watch. Because in the summer, you know, now it's good. You know, now we got NFL. Now we got NBA. Now we got NHL. You know, baseball right now is an afterthought. You know, become April and May when when basketball is over, uh, at least college basketball is over, and the NBA is winding down, NHL is winding down, and, and the NFL is still months away. We're going to be desperate for baseball. We are, like we were last summer. But I would not have a problem at all, at all, if the owners just said, you know what, we're shutting it down then. You don't want to come to an agreement. You don't want to work with us at the table. Fine. Well, no baseball. So that's the nuts and bolts of it all. You know, yeah, you want the minutiae, read the stories, and try and figure out which side may be on the right, which is on the wrong. But ultimately, it's uh, what I get out of it. It's the players that are on the wrong. Amazing. Speaking of being on the wrong, betrayed this weekend. Wow. We talked a lot about it yesterday during the morning show. I can't believe the Rams gave up as much as they did. I, I really uh, now, as we said yesterday, and stories are coming out today to pretty much confirm that, they had to pay extra because the Lions were willing to take Jared Goff's ridiculous contract, which is a four-year deal, which he signed two years ago, but actually doesn't kick in until now. They, they made an extension of his rookie deal. So he he's due, you know, he's got four years, basically $140-plus million dollars that the Lions had to pick up. Now, that's not all guaranteed, but a good portion of it is. They're, they're locked in for him for two years. So with that ridiculous contract, that went from, okay, you trade uh, a quarterback and a first-round pick for a quarterback with a you know albatross of a contract. Now you're going to have to pony up another first-round pick plus. If you want us to take Jared Goff, nobody wants him, and you're not making a move without moving him, you're going to have to pony up another first-rounder. So the Rams threw in a second first-round pick and a third-round pick, which is not, you know, it's a top 100 player coming out of the draft this year. That's not an awful selection. They gave up a ton, and then you realize they gave up a ton for Matthew Sink and Stafford. Matthew Stafford. We gave you the numbers yesterday. 
This guy's under 500 in his career, 74 and 90 and one in 12 seasons. He's never won an NFC North title. He's never won a playoff game, 0 and 3, and three wildcard appearances. He's 9 and 54 against winning teams. He's 5, 10 and 1 against the NFC West, which is where he's going to be playing now. I mean, the guy's never won a big game in his life, ultimately. That, that, that's really a, it's an expression that we use, but in this case, it's true. And this guy has barely won anything. And you gave up a first-round overall pick, albeit a semi-bust, and two first-rounders, albeit late first round, seemingly, uh, and, and, and a third-round pick in exchange for a mediocre quarterback. Wow. I just as soon would have, you know what? See, the problem is you can't cut him. You had to trade him. I don't know why. I'm not a cap expert. But if you cut him, then it would have been $60 million against the cap. Obviously, you can't do that. But somehow or another, if you traded him, the cap hit is only about $20 million. So they couldn't cut him and go get a Jameis Winston or a Mitchell Trubisky or one of the they, – they needed a partner that wanted Jared Goff. And the Rams, I guess, were one of the few teams that said, okay, um, wow. But they gave up a ton. Uh, they really did. And, and I don't mind giving up a ton, but giving up a ton for a lousy quarterback. That's a double whip. And we'll get back into it when we come back. Uh, Opposite picks on a Monday morning with Scott Wessel. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Stafford's back in there, fakes it to Peterson. Launches one, wants Jones, gets behind the defense and gets in. Touchdown, Detroit. 43 yards from Stafford to Jones. Ah, uh, yeah, it's the good old days if you're a Lions fan, I suppose. <clears throat> I do believe that golf has a better chance of being successful in Detroit, more so than Stafford does uh, with the L.A. Rams. I, I, I do. Although that said, I don't know if I would have taken on that contract. But in essence, you know what? It's going to be a two-year deal. And if he stinks, he stinks. You can kind of move on after two years, even though it is a four-year contract. Scott Wetzel sitting in, taking it right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. Our poll question is out before we get back to the uh, the football stuff. And that is, uh, did you see the story about Lionel Messi and his contract was revealed? They leaked it uh, over in Europe. And he's making basically $150 million a year over. Uh, with incentives and different little bonuses and this and that, which they say he didn't actually hit, but he could make well over $150 million a year. Think, think about that. Think about how much we complained about the NBA players and the baseball players. Not so much football players, but, but some. And you get a soccer geek that's making $150-plus a year. Wow. Uh, so, anyway... Who should be our poll question for the day? Who should be the highest paid American athlete? I put LeBron James there. I put Tom Brady up there. I put Mike Trout up there. And then I put the proverbial other up there. Name him. So go to your opposite picks feed. Get your vote in. We'll update that a couple of times. Early on, just posted a little while ago, uh, LeBron James leading away with 60% of the vote. Tom Brady getting 26%. 
Mike Trout getting 11 and the other getting, uh, at this point, 3% of the vote. Again, go to Opposite Picks, get your vote in, and we'll update that a few times before we are through. So back to the trade. Now, now we're getting all these stories about how other teams were involved and interested. It's almost like it's, like, shocking. Like, really, the Rams were the only team out of, out of 31 other teams? You know, the Rams weren't the only ones? No, you mopes. I mean, it's like headline stories. Other teams interested in Stafford. Really? I mean, you know, the guy sucks, but he doesn't suck that bad. I mean, what, what, again, what did you think? There was just one team? So, and then there's a, you know, a story NFL Network, uh, Ian Rappaport, my favorite whipping boy, uh, says that some of the teams were actually willing to offer up first round draft choices. Like, like, like it's a shocking, like, you know, hello, you know, Ian, uh, anybody home there? The, you know, the Lions got two first round draft choices. Why are you surprised that other teams were willing to offer one when the Rams gave up two? It's not like other teams were offering even more than what the Rams were offering. They offered less, which is why the Rams got the deal done. I mean, I mean, it's again, sometimes these guys and then one guy says this and the next person says that. Right. So NFL, you know, Rappaport says three clubs, the Bears, Broncos and Panthers were actually interested so much that they offered a first round pick again. So the Rams offered two. But then you go to the four letter network and they're reporting that the Washington potatoes, the Redskins offered up even more than what the Rams offered, according to their sources. What did they offer? Well, they didn't ask. They weren't either smart enough to ask or, or they're making up the story and didn't want to say anything. But uh, good old uh, Jazina Anderson spoke with an NFL source who claimed that the Washington offer was better. All right, so if someone tells you, put yourself in good old Jazina's shoes, will you please, for a second? If you have your NFL source, and I don't know if that's the ball boy or the cheerleading head coach or what, but okay, it's an NFL source. If the NFL source says, hey, you know what? You know that Rams deal? Yeah. Uh, Washington actually offered more than two first-round picks, a third-round pick, and Jared Goff. What would be you as the delving, ready to go on the four-letter network and do this exclusive story? What would be, if you only had one question, I, I, you know, I can't, I'll let you answer one, I'll let you ask one question, but I can't go in detail, you know, I just, I, I'll, you guys, one question. What would be the one question? Wouldn't the one question be, they offered more, you're saying? Yes. Well, what did they offer then? Did she ask that? No. Was it in the story? No. Do we know if she made it up or not? No, we don't. Because she's either an idiot and she didn't ask it, or the person would say that it was a better offer, but they're not willing to say what the offer was. Why? Why? You think behind the logic of that. If you're, if you're willing to tell me that their offer was better, what would be the shame of saying they offered three first-round picks? They offered a two first-rounders and a second pick. They offer, you know, why would you be able to leak the story but not be able to say what the story actually is? Unless, of course, you're making up the story. And you don't want to pinpoint the Redskin football potatoes down so someone can't come to you and say that's BS because we never did that. If you just say it was a better offer, well, then better better to who? Better to you? Better to me? Better, you know, obviously not better than the Rams. Uh, not better to the Lions, I'll, t I'll tell you that. So... ESPN says Washington made a better offer. NFL Network says no, they did not. In fact, NFL Network didn't even list the Redskins as one of those three teams that offered a first-round pick. 
So I don't know how they can, unless they're throwing Chase Young into the draft or into the trade, I, I don't know how they would be able to say with a straight face they offered a better package. So supposedly, though, <clears throat> for what it's worth, Bears, Broncos, and Panthers were offering up uh, at least a first-rounder. Bears really don't have a quarterback. You know, they don't have Trubisky. Remember, he's a free agent. Uh, I don't think the Rams really wanted Nick Foles. Broncos, you know, if you like Drew Locke, I don't. You know, but they could have threw, thrown Drew Locke into the uh, the package, as I'm sure they would have. That could have been appealing. Panthers with Teddy Bridgewater. Um, you know, I, I root for him, but, I, you know, he really wasn't very good the last month of the season. So I don't think people are going to go out of their way to trade for Teddy Bridgewater at this point. <clears throat> so, you know, unless they were going to offer three first-rounders, the only thing that the, those clubs all offer versus the uh, Rams is that their first-round draft choices, you know, probably this year, unlike the Rams, who don't have a first-round draft choice this year, and those are going to be better theoretically than what the Rams are going to be. Now, the Rams could bottom out, but I don't think that's going to happen. So they'll probably make the playoffs, and those first-round picks are going to be in the 20s. Whereas the Panthers have the eighth overall pick. The, the Broncos are right around there. And the Bears, uh, they did make the playoffs, but that, that's, you know, right around 19 and 20 or so. Uh, I'd have to double check, but at least it's this year. So maybe that's why, you know, they could have taken those the offers versus the two later on. We would rather have one now or two later on. Um, also says the Colts, 49ers, and uh, Redskin Potatoes were also in the mix. Again, what does that mean? So, and then, you know, the one caveat to it all is that the Lions' new GM was with the Rams. So I, I think this guy generally liked golf. You know, it, it really worked out perfectly for Detroit. And how many times do you say that, Lion fans? In that I think the GM generally likes golf. I mean, you wouldn't trade for him if you didn't like him, right? You, you were it firsthand. It's not one of these things where I'll take a flyer on him. You, you work with him. You saw him. You dealt with him. You you know him, so you have to like him, no matter how much or how little he's making. You know, if, if that's a major part of the deal, as this is, you have to like him. So, But they were able to hold that against the Rams by saying, listen, nobody wants golf. No one wants this ridiculous contract that I gave him or helped give him. So, you know, it's, it's funny. He put them, you know, he helped put them in, in the mix that they were in. Uh, so he's using that against the Rams, but then he used it as a, a plus in that, yeah, I do like him. You know, I like him better than Trubisky. I like him better than uh, uh, Jameis Winston, who are free agents. I like him better than Cam Newton. I, I like him better than uh, Teddy Bridgewater or any other quarterback that, uh, you know, they could have received. So they, they end up getting a quarterback that they like, and they were able to get the Rams to pony up an extra first-round pick or so. So from that standpoint, they won. I'm not a big fan of Jared Goff, never have been. Uh, I'm a lesser fan of Matthew Stafford, though. And I mentioned this yesterday, and now you're getting stories about this. It's it's true. The Rams have a $22 million salary cap dead hit on golf. Stafford makes $20-plus million a year. He's got two years left. That's straight two years. There's no deferring. There's no anything right now. So they're going to have to put over $40 million in cap space to one guy next year if things stay as they are. As they are. So chances are very, very, very good that they're going to extend Matthew Stafford. The deal can't be completed until the new year kicks in, which is in March. But once it does kick in, 
they're going to have to extend him. Otherwise, they'll be in salary cap hell. You know, with 180, 185 maybe salary cap, you, you can't devote $45 million to that to, to one position. In, in essence, one player. You, you just th- There's just no way. You can't do it. So they're going to have to extend Matthew Stafford. This way they can lower the salary cap hit for next year. Once they get the golf off the books, then you know then they could kind of ease out. But for that first year, they're going to have to lower that. And that means giving Matthew Stafford, a 33-year-old broken-down quarterback who's never won a big game in his life, set to make $25 million or so anyway, you're going to have to extend him at this, at this going rate, which means he's going to get, what, a $30, $35 million a year contract for, for Matthew Stafford? Wow. I don't know what Matthew Stafford they've been watching. I got to tell you, <laughs> but um, it's not a very good one. That's for darn sure. By the way, the Detroit Free Press over the weekend before the trade was revealed uh, said that the leading candidates were the Colts, 49ers, and Washington football team. Mm, bullseye on that one, Detroit Free Press. Uh, way, to, way to go on that. So where does this leave the Houston Texans? Oh, by the way, I, I did find this interesting. L.A. Times reported that the Rams uh, at least looked into making a run at Green Bay quarterback Aaron Rodgers, which I don't doubt. After after Rodgers' cryptic uh, press conference at the end of the season last week, and when they lost to Tampa Bay, kind of let it out there like, I don't know what my future is, and we'll see. It's up in the air. It's, it's the, the magical mystery tour. So, you know, whenever someone says stuff like that, it behooves the team that's looking to make a move at quarterback to pick up the phone and say, all right, you know, are you interested in trading Rodgers? Why not? So I don't think it got very far. The, the uh, Packers, you know, supposedly just said absolutely not under those certain terms are we going to trade him. But again, I go back to what I said about the Dolphins last year with Joe Burrow and the Bungles. I go to the Packers and I say, listen, do me a favor. Just just do me a favor. I got an owner here who's nuts. He, You know, he thinks we can get anything done where there's a will, there's a way. So just give me an offer for Aaron Rodgers. Give, 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 I don't care what it is. I don't, you want to say 21st round picks? Go ahead. Give me a drop dead crazy offer that you would take for Aaron Rodgers. Knowing you got Jordan Love there, knowing he's a little upset, you know, knowing it wouldn't be the craziest thing in the world for him to move on. He's getting older. He's kind of begging for a contract extension. Just, just whatever it is. It's a four first round picks, five first round picks, whatever it is, you let me know. I would have done that. You know, I don't know how these conversations go. Is it is, is it an absolute no? We're not trading him. Nothing can be absolute. Wayne Gretzky got traded. All right, is nothing. And that's what I would tell the guy. Listen, uh, I don't know if you're a big hockey guy, but if Wayne Gretzky, by far, not even close, the greatest hockey player of all time. If Wayne Gretzky can get traded, anybody can get traded. All right, so don't tell me it's absolutely unequivocally no way, no deal. Give me your crazy offer. Let me go back to my guys and tell them this is why we're not getting Aaron Rodgers because you want 17 first-round picks versus no, you don't want to get it done. I don't take no for an answer. You know, Give me a reason why you can't get it done. I'll take, okay, you want 12 first-round picks. That I'll accept. Won't accept, no. Everybody has a price. If Wayne Gretzky can get traded, anybody can get traded for the right price. Opposite picks on a Monday morning. Closing out hour number one right here. Scott Webster City on Sirius XM Channel 204.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. It was revealed soccer star Lionel Messi makes roughly $150 million a year. You know, there's a saying, if you don't know what you can do with that money, then you shouldn't make it. So I suppose I should make it. Because what do you do with $150 million a year? I mean, honestly, not $150, $150 million a year. What do you do with that? I mean, holy fudge. Anyway, so who should be the highest paid American athlete? LeBron James leading away at 54% of the vote. Tom Brady, 32. Mike Trout, 9. And the proverbial other getting 4.5% of the votes. Uh, Clearwater Kid, one of our good LLs down in uh, Florida. Get Trout's overrated keister to fudge off that list. Yeah, I know. I didn't want to put him on there because he is overrated. But, you know, what other guy are you going to put on there as far as baseball is concerned? I don't want to put another NBA guy on there. You know, and we got the football so I, I guess it could have. I should have put Mahomes maybe, but I wanted to throw Trout just because he is perceived to be the best. I don't think he's the best. Uh, I don't think he's anywhere close. I think he's as overrated as, as can be, to tell you the truth. So uh, Charles in West Virginia tweets and went on demand. Didn't see your show on Channel Two Hundred Four, Scott. How do you find it? Yeah, I don't think Sirius uh, with, with the app it works too well. Shockingly, Sirius is not cooperating with yours truly. Who would have funk it, huh? Uh, the, the best way to listen on demand is just go to where you listen to uh, other shows. So go uh, to your favorite podcast little location, whether it's Spotify or Apple or whatever, and you punch in opposite picks, and I'm told it should be there every single day. So that that's the easiest way versus trying to find it on the uh, the Sirius XM app. Um, what else? Uh, Andy tweets in, the Rams are bozos for giving up two first-round picks for Stafford. Just dumb. Yep. Uh, you know, and, and don't be Ram fans. And I got a neighbor who's a huge Ram fan. He thinks he's going to win a Super Bowl now. All right. The heartache for Ram fans just started, believe you me. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two coming up right here. Series 6 Channel 204. Hour number one.